Welcome to Fuji Love. This is the show that is all about the Fujifilm X-Series and GFX cameras, but more importantly, it's about the photographers who love to use them. I'm Mark Sadowski, and this show is brought to you by Fuji Love Magazine. For the latest and greatest in all things Fujifilm X-Series and GFX, whether it's news, interviews, and so much more, head on over to fujilove.com. Subscribe today. And now, on with the show. Hey everybody, one more note before we start the show. Uh, once again, I am still knee-deep in sinus infection. The, this is something that happens every year, lasts for a while. This year, it's particularly bad. Uh, you could probably tell by my singing voice. And uh, I'm often on mute, coughing. So uh, if, I, if I sound a little weird, that's why. So apologies, but on with the show. My guest this week, he needs no introductions. He is an amazing Fujifilm ex-photographer. Everybody in the Fuji community already knows him. Uh, Kevin, Kevin Mullins, how are you doing, man? <laughs> I'm good, thanks, Mark. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, Kevin, you have had probably one of the most uh, amazing careers as a, a Fujifilm uh, brand ambassador. You were one of the first and probably in my eyes, at the very least, as a, as a wedding photographer myself, uh, probably one of the most iconic. Um, I would say that you came in at a, at a very interesting time, not only in uh, Fuji's history, but the, the film, the, the, the photography industry as a whole, because um, – at, at, at the time of the X series cameras being announced, the the mirrorless system was kind of in weird territory. It was at its infancy, and it was largely part like questionable if these cameras can perform at a professional level, and. One of the, this is why I think you are one of the most uh, influential photographers because you came in and showed that not only can you uh, use these new mirrorless cameras as a, a professional tool, you showed that you can do it extremely well. And not only were they uh, capable, but they were even uh, better in some ways because of the, the, the lightness, the portability, the, the, the being able to blend in. Um, you, you did it all. You showed that everything was able to be done. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> I, I, but part of it was maybe just, just a, a thank you. Um, but uh, I, I want to take this time to talk about your time as a brand ambassador. And uh, what that means uh, as a whole, because as as of this year, this is your last year as a Fujifilm ex photographer. Yeah, so um, I became an ambassador. Ooh, 2011, 2012, I think something like that. Um, 
And uh, yeah, I was the first wedding ambassador. There were others, other ambassadors around at the time. Um, not many, but, but a few were kicking around. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it's been a, a good journey, 10 years or so, or however many years it is. Um, but yeah, all things come to an end, don't it? All good things come to an end. And uh, Future Film UK have decided that this year will be the uh, end of um, mine and, uh, and the other um, UK ambassadors. Uh, tenure, if you like, and they're, they're going to uh, rotate us out and get some other people on board, which is, uh, they're, you know, absolutely their prerogative. And uh, I've had an amazing time with them and our friendship will continue and blossom. I'm absolutely sure of that. Um, but yes, it will. This is my last year as, a, as an official Future Film Ambassador. So going back to uh, the, the first years, what, what was it like as uh, an ambassador? What were some of the uh, things that Fuji asked you to to do? Well, I think right at the, if I think right back to the beginning, um, it's probably worth me kind of recounting how it all started, I suppose. And I was one of the very early adopters of the original X100, the Finepix X100. And it arrived on my uh, office desk on a Thursday morning, um, I pre-ordered it from Wex here in the UK, and it arrived on a Thursday morning. And it, I just so happened that I had a wedding that afternoon, um, which was pretty rare to have Thursday weddings in those days. So I took it with me, and um, uh, you know, I shot it along with my then Canon system, my DSLR system that I was using at the time. And uh, I took some you know pictures in the afternoon and in the uh, evening. I didn't I didn't use it for any of the the kind of key images. Um, and it was, it was slow. It was, uh, not particularly quick. It was, um, a bit of a challenge to use, but I immediately kind of thought, yeah, this is, this, this has certainly got potential and might may well be the future. Um, so at that point I went, uh, back home and I did a blog post about the X100. And uh, I went to bed and uh, next day, I, like everything had exploded. I'd had, you know, the, the website had, had more hits in it on it than uh, I think it's ever had since. And uh, all these emails were coming in. And you know, it turns out that I was just simply one of the very first people to to get the X100. Um, and I subsequently spoke to Wex about this and they, they, they kind of kindly went back in their records and everything. And they were like, yeah, yeah, you were pretty much the first person. And we were pretty much the first supplier in the UK to get them. So you would have been absolutely one of the very first. And so it was just luck, you know, serendipity did that. Um, and thereafter, I kind of carried on using it a bit, carried on blogging. Um, uh, Fujifilm UK approached me at some point to, um, they then had the PR manager was, or the PR lady was Katie, a uh, wonderful woman. Um, and she she said, "Oh, we'd we'd really like you to um, to use some of your pictures up at. Um, uh, it's now called the photography show. It used to be called Focus on Imaging. It's got everything's changed in this ten years. Um, <laughs> you know, is that all right? Can we do that?" And I was like, "Yeah, of course you can. Yeah, why would I say no to that?" Um, and then after off the back of that, they invited me over to Bedford for a meeting, and then we got chatting about you know this. They didn't have it wasn't called ex photographers in those days. I can't remember what it was called. It was. Uh, I don't know. I really can't remember, but it was, certainly wasn't the ex-photographer scheme that came a little bit later, directly from Japan. Um, 
and uh yeah and we we kind of got chatting um i was writing a monthly magazine article for professional photographer magazine at the time and they i was doing a business article every month and they asked me to review the then upcoming x pro one which i did um and then uh, that that kind of switched everything for me so at that point when the x pro one came along with the um 35 mil 18 mil and 60 mil lens i knew that i could uh i could shoot weddings full-time on those system on that system on the x pro and the x100 um and so yeah i did um and then at that point i think shortly after that um the x photographer scheme was born from uh the team in japan and uh yeah i mean in that time lots of things have happened um it used to really frustrate me that people would say oh it's all right for you mullins you get all your cameras free and you know you get to go to japan and all that kind of stuff um and and the brutal fact of it is it's it's work you know yeah it's work um yeah i have been to japan i've been to japan three times uh, and i'm proud of the fact that fujifilm paid me to go to japan three times because when i go to japan i don't just sit there drinking uh, kirin and you know having a nice time I, I, I sit in a sweaty office for eight hours and I talk about, you know, the feedback that I've heard on the, on the street about cameras and ideas and all of that kind of stuff. Um, you know, and yes, they look after us. Of course they look after us, but it's business. It's a business transaction. Um, you know, and, and it used to really, really frustrate me that people used to say that to me. And, uh, you know, and I always used to say back to them, look, being ambassador, being an ambassador should not be an ambition. It should be a reward. Uh, you shouldn't strive to be an ambassador for anything, really. It should just come because of your natural uh, kind of interest, talent, whatever, hard work, perseverance. Uh, you know, when people say to me, I want to be an ambassador for a camera company, I'm like, all right, go and work really frigging hard for five years and maybe, just maybe, they will they, they will happen. But, you know, you can't, you, it's not going to happen if you just hashtag them all the time and, and you know, kind of hope for the best. Um, and it shouldn't, it shouldn't be something. It's not like being an ambassador is not a job. It's not a, um, uh, you know, it's, it's, yes, there's kudos involved in it, but it's not, um, you know, why would you potentially uh, put parts of your business at risk by, aiming for something that is uh you know should be something that comes after hard work and, and graft and effort it's a reflection of one's career not a destination in a career yeah absolutely quite right you know and um but there you know there's a lot of people who and, and it doesn't happen so much now because i i've i've you know kind of both on youtube and on my website and all that kind of stuff essentially explained what happens but in the early days you know i remember i got one email from a a, a then very well i would say famous um photographer um wedding photographer um very very well known almost everybody who's ever shot a wedding would know the name um and uh the email the, 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 it was a messenger thing on facebook and it was along the lines of oh uh, hey man you know i know that you you know you're using fujifilm systems um i don't i don't use them at the moment but you know i've got a massive following so can you put me in, t in touch with somebody who, who might be able to give me a, some free cameras <laughs> and i was like uh you know what no <laughs> how about that for an answer uh yeah but i've got like a million and a half twitter followers Still no. Yeah, but, but, you know, and, and that's an extreme, of course it's an extreme, but 
that's how it used to be and it, it's certainly not so much now i have to say but that that's certainly how it used to be uh i used to get you know a load of abuse uh, about kind of cameras and free cameras and things like that and you know to put the record straight yeah we definitely did have so i have i think i've got three free cameras with uh, my my name as the serial number uh an xm1 a i think x pro 2 and um, x T2, I think. Um, uh, the rest of them, all the other cameras uh, I've had to buy, um, and I have a lot of them. I've got, you know, I've been shooting with the GFX 100S this morning, bought that. Um, you know, my X-T4 that I'll be taking to a wedding tomorrow along with my X-Pro3, bought them. Uh, you know, and and yeah, we do get a small, well, I say small, you know, it's a reasonable discount, but it's certainly not kind of, uh, you know, you still got, a, you know, you're buying something. You, we're talking kind of 10, 15% type stuff here. Yeah. Um, so as an ambassador and, it, it, you know, it's, there has been a lot of hard work. There's been amazing things uh, that have happened and, and those trips. And uh, because of that, I think that my, um, you know, I had opportunities to go to other places to talk at conferences and, and all of those kind of things. And, and you know, I, none of this stuff will change for me. So when, when the ambassador role ends, uh, you know, all that effectively will happen is that I can no longer say I'm an ex-photographer. Um, I, I, I've been joking that I'll be saying I'm, I, I'm an XX photographer <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and what I never want to become is a triple X photographer because that my wife would leave me at that point. Yeah. That's one too many X's. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, I, I just like loads of people on Instagram last week and everything. Uh, oh, are you, you know, why are you changing from food film? I'm like, I'm not, I'm just not, be, not an ambassador any longer. I'm not changing. And one of the other things I said all along during this time is that, you know, I use Fujifilm cameras. I always use Fujifilm cameras because they've been good for my business and my clients. They're the ones that pay me. Uh, if something come along that I thought was better and, uh, you know, was worthwhile to invest in, then I would change. And that was always the case. That was always the case while I was an ambassador. Um, and it's the case now as well. So, but there isn't you know, there just isn't. I see a lot of people, especially in the wedding world, you, you know, flip-flopping between Fuji, Sony and Panasonic and Leica and everything. Um, uh, and honestly, all they're doing is chasing the next thing. Um, you know, and you know, Sony might be a little bit better at autofocus right now. Um, and that's fine. But you know, does that mean that the 600, I, I shot my 600th wedding last weekend. Does that mean that I'm probably, I mean, I don't know, I can't remember the exact numbers, but I'd say probably 500 of those have been on the Fujifilm system. So does that mean that the 500 weddings that I've shot have been on an unreliable autofocus system? Of course not. You know, <laughs> and uh, it's like, so that's that's the reason. You know, people are absolutely entitled to change systems and do what they wish. Of course they are. But, um, you know, it just because I'm no longer an ambassador, uh, I'm not going to suddenly go, right, that's it. I'm going to throw my cameras on the floor and buy something else because I've never, never been in the system because of the ambassador role. I've been in the system because they're, they're brilliant for the job I do and I enjoy using them, which is far more important than uh, anything else, you know. That's it. I'm done. Fujicast. Uh, yeah. we're, we're, we're done. Like a cast. <laughs> Start now. Starts yeah. now. <laughs> Honestly, there, there was a there was another famous uh, I'd say another famous, but there was a famous uh, photography wedding photography ambassador um, who um, you know when he was 
he was essentially ditched by his um his camera company um not you know in in not in a friendly way like me and uh, fujifilm are, are kind of just like it's not i get it i understand fujifilm they you know it's time to rotate you know i've, I've been wheeled out enough times for you know they need a fresh face i get it um but in this case for this other person it wasn't so, so uh um you know friendly let's just say um and so you know he did just simply go well i can now use the cameras i've always wanted to use which is a beep system i don't want to carry on using the stuff that they've been forcing me to use and I was like, whoa, there's your integrity gone from 100 to zero in one second. And, uh, yeah, so he, he, you know, his kind of trust levels in the industry disappeared um, because he was angry at the fact that he was no longer going to be the center of attention for this one particular brand. And, uh, you know, and, and and that was far more important to him than his clients and his business and, and his reputation and everything. And, and that's bad. That's that's crazy, yeah. uh, but yeah, uh, some. I mean, I, I can't speak to, to this person. Uh, it sounds like it was a, a weird relationship with the camera company to start. But uh, yeah, very possibly. I don't know the, the ins and outs of it, but you know, this was a while ago. But yeah, it was, it was a very public breakup. Let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> I got my homework to do. Um, <laughs> so. You mentioned like uh, do, uh, doing the conferences, um, and you've wrote, you, you've written about them on on, on your uh, blog sites, uh, various places. Uh, so you head to Japan uh, to to do a talk. Like, what what does that entail? Who who are you speaking in front of? Like, when it comes to doing anything public, and what happens behind closed doors? Um, I'm not asking you to divulge any secrets, Wink. Mm. but, uh, <laughs> but like, what, what does that entail too? Um, yeah, because it is work. It, it is a lot of work to talk about, uh, you know, what's working in, in particularly for, for you during, yeah. during a, uh, a, a regular wedding session. Um, you know, how, how is the autofocus performing? What, what is the camera doing here? What is the camera doing there? Um, so, so like walk me through like what you do publicly for Fujifilm during these conferences and like the, the closed door, uh, stuff. Okay. So I, it might be worth talking about the very first time that I, I went to Japan. Um, and and that came pretty much out of the blue. So uh, it was a September time. Mm, I don't know whether it was 2012, 2013 maybe. Anyway, I, I, I happened to have a wedding. They wanted me to go on a Friday. And uh, the other people that were being involved were Bert Stefani, Zach Arias, and David Hoppy. Uh, none of which I'd ever met before, none of these people. And, uh, and to me, they were all, th all three of those were like superstar names, you know, and like I'd bought their books and I'd watch their videos and all of this kind of stuff. I'm just this, this little Welsh chap who's, you know, shooting weddings. So I was quite, you know, kind of nervous about that, but they, they, they said we wanted to go on a Friday, but I happened to have a wedding in, uh, it was actually in Rome in Italy on the Saturday. So I said, right, well, I can fly from Rome on the Sunday and uh you know kind of be there whatever in terms of time difference it was like it's like a 
12 hour flight or something. And they said, okay, that's fine. So I did that. I flew from Rome to Tokyo and, uh, one of the, uh, one of the, the marketing chaps picked me up at the airport and we, we bullet trained it back to the hotel and everything. And, uh, <laughs> And of course, nice. I'd never been in Japan. I was absolutely exhausted. Jet lag. I'd done a 15-hour wedding in Italy, which had involved me flying in the day before, hiring a car, driving around Rome. Oh, my God. And experience in its own right. I didn't really like flying anyway. I'd taken a couple of diazepans and a bottle of wine to get me through the flight. We get, we get, it, was a, it was a billion degrees in Tokyo. Uh, we get to the hotel. And he said, how long do you need? And I was like, how long do I need to what? He went, uh, well, you're on stage in two hours. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, really?" Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. So, uh, and he said, uh, "And the uh, the hotel that we need to go to for the presentation is one hour away." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, right. Okay. Let me have a shower. Um, and and this is this is truth, right? So we rock up to this hotel, and I still didn't really. There wasn't much information forthcoming because of communication problems and all those kind of things about what we were really going to be doing. All I knew was that I'd had to send through a um, PowerPoint presentation with some of my pictures and uh, EXIF data and stuff like that. So we get to to this hotel and we go down a little kind of stairwell, and uh, and it's a back entrance. It's the backstage to a, a stage. You know, it's like the, the the kind of entry to a stage. And uh, I look out past these curtains, and he's like, "Right, you go." <laughs> like, oh, where he went on stage go your your turn your picture up on the wall and uh and then up on the screen was a big picture of me and then uh in the front row was Bert Stefani, Zach Arias and David Hoppy right so this was a, this was like cooking a meal for Gordon Ramsay um, <laughs> like, ah, now really, do your TED talk <laughs> this is, yeah this is really uncomfortable uh and all three of them kind of sat there with their elbow you know kind of arms crossed staring at me because they i don't think well david and um zach were, were good mates but i don't think uh they'd met bert before but they'd had two days by that point or three days by that point together and, and behind them was all of the engineers and design staff and all that and behind them were a whole lot of press japanese press uh, and I just had to stand there. They, they put my pictures up on the wall on the big PowerPoint screen and I'd talk about them and why, you know, why I used the Fujifilm cameras and all that kind of thing. Um, and then at the end, you know, I was kind of like, any questions? Uh, and that's, that, that's where the, the kind of barrier broke down between, uh, me and Zach because, uh, or not barrier, but you know, he, he kind of went, he, he did that kind of cutthroat thing, which meant that no, there will not be any questions, and there weren't any questions because the you know the, the Japanese people typically won't ask questions in in a public place like that, um, and and they were chuckling at me, the photographers, and so that was it. That, and then thereafter, we that was the um, would have been the Monday morning. We did that presentation. We went straight from there to the factory in a bus. We spent about six hours um, talking to the engineers and the designers and all of that kind of stuff. Um, we talked to uh, the film simulation people. It was really interesting because some of these film simulation engineers were the people that used to develop the actual uh, film stock, the emulation, uh, the um, uh, actual film itself, the 35mm film. Um, we spoke to, you know, everybody from the, the semiconductor welder to the person who makes the glass for the viewfinder. Um, you know, and it was, it was incredible. And we did all of that. And then the next day we spent about eight hours in a, 
in an office um, talking about the you know ideas for the future, which lenses they should make next, which cameras they should make next, all of this kind of stuff. And we came up, uh, you know, all three of us, all four of us, came up with ideas that we, you know we'll all be super proud of the fact that they were ideas directly from our mouths uh, and made it into the final uh, cameras and you know in some cases still there so all of that kind of stuff happened they showed us prototypes various things and then we went home and then i went home it was the most exhausting four days of my entire life absolutely exhausted um but it was, uh, you know, it was brilliant. And then, you know, what, no, nine, 12 months later, you see a camera comes out that has a little idea that you, uh, you thought of, or you, you kind of, uh, encourage them to do. And that makes you feel really good, you know? Um, and then that's yeah. gotta be a great feeling. Yeah. It's a great feeling. It is a great feeling. Of course it is. Uh, but in between all of that stuff, you know, in between all of that stuff, there is the, uh, literally thousands upon thousands of emails and messages and stuff from people who are asking for advice, help and all that kind of stuff. And I, I, you know, I, I absolutely do not uh, have any problems with that when I can answer them. I always will. Um, and there's been a lot of that. Um, there's been times where, um, you know, I've been up at four o'clock in the morning because of firmware bugs and, you know, speaking to Japan about stuff that's not quite right and all of this kind of stuff. Um, uh, you know, there's, there's been questionnaires to fill in all of those things that are, uh, you know, you don't, you don't get paid for that kind of stuff, right? You, you're my, my understanding, and this is why, you know, like being an ambassador is, uh, it, it's, it's a, uh, symbiotic relationship, I think it should be. So, uh, you know, they will do things for me, like they will promote me, they will put my workshops on Twitter, they will say, hey, Kev, do you want to come and um, do a presentation at the photography show for 40 minutes and we'll pay you for the day and stick up in a hotel? Um, and of course I say, yeah, that's great. Thanks. Um, and then occasionally they'll say, Hey Kev, do you want to get up at three o'clock in the morning and speak to Kunio in Japan about this firmware bug? And I'll be like, no, <laughs> but I'll do it. <laughs> uh, so, you know, that's it. That's, that's what it's like. There's that symbiotic relationship. And, uh, you know, I think that that's, that's the part that people often don't, don't see. They just want to see the glory and, the. Um, you know, the, the kudos of being able to say, I'm an ambassador, um, which is a nice thing. It is a nice thing. And, and good luck to people who do do, do it for whatever brand. Um, but just make sure you do it in the right, uh, in the right kind of um, frame of mind and for the right reasons. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so after a, a few years, Fujifilm had to, uh, grow the X photographer program. They now have X photographers and X creators. Uh, so during that growth period, uh, have you seen your role as a, uh, as an ambassador, uh, change? Like how, how, how was it with the, the new blood coming in and, and were you able to interact with, uh, more people, uh, more creators at, at that point? Uh, so we don't in the UK. So the ambassador system is run on a independent basis by each country. So um, oh, that's ex, right. Yeah, ex photography, ex photographer system in the US is different to the ex photographer system in the UK. Um, and you know, there's an element of uh, of kind of overseeing done by Tokyo, but ultimately it's the it's the regions that are are the ones responsible. And 
I think it works really well because, you know, there, there are things that might work really well in America that perhaps wouldn't work so well in, you know, in, in Belgium or the UK or something. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can only really speak from the way that the UK has worked and I've seen it, you know, I was there right at the beginning with the ambassador sh- stuff there. And I have to say that, you know, they, they started strong and they got stronger and stronger. Uh, they always had, they've gone through different um, people who have moved on to different parts of the industry and stuff like that, or different parts of future film in some cases. Um, but every single one of them has been passionate about the company and passionate about photographers. And and that's, you know, that's something that I've, uh, you know, one of the drums I've always tried to beat is this idea that, you know, kind of flipping away from this part of the story a second, you know, those meetings that I have had in Japan and stuff like that, where, you know, they've, they've actually dismissed ideas that would sell well because they know that it's not that it's not good for the photographer. It's not good for the soul of the photographer. Um, and so, you know, part of the, the reason why I love the Fujifilm system is because it is, it is really genuinely aimed at, you know, photographers. It's not just aimed at selling as many as possible. It's aimed at, uh, you know, people enjoying the system and using the system and it's got photographers in mind. Um, and that, you know, that runs true through the people that work at Fujifilm UK as well. And they, uh, you know, they, they've had big reorgs over the years and what have you. And, uh, every single person who's been at the head of the, um, the person I've been dealing with, if you like, as the ambassador relate, uh, relationship person, um, has just been brilliant, you know, absolutely brilliant. And they, they often say to us, you know, if you've got, any ideas if you see other people out there who, who you think might be good then let us know and of course we would um and but they they are very um photographically talented themselves in many cases and so they're very good at spotting um and looking out for stuff and you know they they they've got a new set of ambassadors some of which i think have already joined and i presume there'll be a, a whole load more next year but one thing that i i 100 know for sure will be that they will choose, uh, you know, really good people who have got strong work. Um, and, uh, you know, they will, they will be good for the brand. Um, I, I believe that fully because they, the people behind food film UK, Andreas and the likes, uh, you know, they, 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 they're good at what they do and that's the important thing. That's awesome. And, and so now that this is your last year, uh, what do you have uh, that that's already prearranged with Fujifilm? Uh, do you have any uh, upcoming talks that you're going to be part of? Uh, are there any uh, kind of uh, uh, you know photo special photo walks or or, or any kind mm-hmm. of uh, uh, events that you'll be attending? So, yeah, there's a couple of things that's worth mentioning. Um, the, uh, you know, first of all, I don't think my, once, once the, uh, you know, once I take the kind of logo off my website, I, I still think and hope that I'll still have a very good relationship, symbiotic relationship with Andreas and everybody at the at Future Film. Uh, I'm sure they will still reach out to me occasionally and I'll, I'm sure I'll reach out to them far more often than they reach out to me, <laughs> which has always <laughs> been the case. Um, but yeah, so we have the um, Fujicast. Uh, we're recording a live version of the Fujicast on the, I'm not sure when this episode will go out, on 16th of June at the Future Film House of Photography. 
Um, and that's happening uh, very soon. And then I've just had an email this morning actually about the photography show, which is in Birmingham in September. So I'll be doing something um, there off the back of the Fujifilm connection, of course. Uh, and I think that might be it. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, I very much imagine I'll still be, um, you know, kind of boring people to death on the internet about uh, <laughs> certain <laughs> cameras and things like that. Um, <laughs> so you make uh, it sound, you make it, uh, you're giving such a boring impression. Your Fujicast um, is, is some of the funniest things that, that I listen to uh, mm-hmm. the, the, because you kind of have a, how do I describe this in a positive way? Uh, because uh, I'm going to say it as though it's a negative, but it's not. It's it's you have like this uh, th- this gruff, um, th- this 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 gruff approach to uh, tr- like like w- w- with the cameras. Oh, yeah, I toss this, I toss that, and uh, I've often joked. Excuse me, uh, I've often joked that um, if you were to make your own camera bag. Uh, I, I wanted to do a, a kind of a parody uh, where, where you're just tossing everything into a bag and all you hear is just glass being shifted around. And it's like, oh, yeah, this is a great, this is a great camera bag. Oh, it's roomy, roomy, just toss it. And all you're doing is like just, just mangling this thing. And then uh, every time you pull out a camera, it's uh, went in pristine. It comes out with just scratches everywhere, but still works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? I think um... – <laughs> Uh, well, honestly, so how, bringing this back to the podcast, you you ju- you have this kind of uh, uh, this great attitude, like like, like uh, you know you know stuff be damned. I'm I'm gonna just 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 do things anyway, um, yeah. and it's it's refreshing. It's awesome. Yeah, I I do get I get some stick about it sometimes, you know, but I, I, yeah, it's it's. Cameras are tools, not jewels. You know that's that's it in my mind. If they, you know, I had an X one, a GFX one hundred, and uh, that was very, very. You know, that's a ten grand camera. Yeah. Um, and then the pandemic hit, and I had a very specific commercial job lined up to make that pay for itself. And then the pandemic hit, and uh, and it was just sat there. So I sold it. You know, and I lost some money on it, but you know, cameras are there to make me money, and that's it. Yeah. It, you you know they are there to make me more money than I paid for them in a very quick time, and if they don't, then they're off. You know, bye bye. Um, and and that because I, that that's a business, but I am a professional photographer. I obviously don't expect people who are hobbyists or um, you know amateur photographers to have that same uh, perspective. But yeah, I mean, for me, you know, it's they're just work tools. They really are, and uh, I don't. I uh, people say you know, but you must be breaking them all the time. I, I can honestly say, and I'm a, I'm a good Catholic boy that I have never had to send any of my cameras back for repair. I just, I just haven't, you know, I mean, yeah, bits and pieces have fallen off over the years, especially eye, eye cups and all that kind of stuff, but they, they just get on very happily. I, I have this, uh, you know, I have this burning opinion that cameras are much more happier when they can talk to each other in a camera bag. They don't want to be separated by walls, you know, nobody wants to be separated by walls. Let them free, and then they they behave better. <laughs> I have seen your the, the the look of your cameras after you use them. You have this 
special way of making them look so roughed up, but still rugged and attractive. <laughs> like I, I, I guarantee, I want to, I want to coin a term that says like this is the Mullins finish, where you have your 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 electrical tape and and, and uh, your gaffer's tape on the logos, and uh, and then just everything else is scratched up. I'm willing to bet that Fujifilm made the X X Pro Three with a titanium finish. Uh, <laughs> just to see if, what would happen in your hands. <laughs> uh, maybe I don't know about that, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't do anything apart from the X70, which did actually. I got in a car and uh, it was connected. It, it fall. It was on my uh, shoulder. It was on my on a strap over my shoulder, and it just. I got in the car and I was rushing to go from a church to a venue, and the the strap was down, fell down by, by my elbow, um, and then I, I kind of pulled it off put it on my lap um shut the door and little you know to me had the did i know that the camera had fallen out and i'd shut the door on the strap um which is good in a and bad in a way good in that um i didn't lose the camera because if i'd sped off and i would never have seen that camera again and and you know i would <laughs> shot some wedding pictures on it yeah <laughs> uh, and bad in that that poor little X70 was dragged all the way across the car park. Um, oh, and, uh, it's like it, still, I still have it. It still works. It still That's works. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> my, my X100S, I dropped that to the bottom of a swimming pool in Spain. Blub, 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 blub. Down it went. <laughs> um, you know, and I was kind of, Albi had fallen in the swimming pool. So I was looking at both of those, thinking, which one do I save? Which one do I save? Camera or the boy? Camera or the boy? Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I watched the camera sink because I kind of dragged Albi out of the swimming pool and then jumped in, got this, got the camera. And and that's fine as well. It went a bit rusty, but it still works. Um, nice. You know, but yeah. <laughs> that That's X70. Um, do you think they'll ever make uh, X80 or anything close to it? Uh, I, uh, my heart says no, um, only because I think I've seen enough people on, um, uh, you know, at, at Fujifilm and uh, on, and I know kind of people who, who read my posts on Facebook and Instagram and all of that kind of stuff. Um, that, that are in that decision chain making chain and i i just feel like we would have seen it by now um and i don't really know why now i have to say that but because i think an x you know an x80 style camera whatever they would call it x70 mark ii or something i think would sell better now the reason why i think that the x70 did not sell particularly well at launch was because it was launched on the same day as the x pro 2 which took all of the fanfare yeah uh so that came along you know and everybody went whoa look at that that's amazing blah 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 blah. and then there's this little tiny camera that came along with it um that i don't think you know and i'm not sure they would be too upset about me saying that i don't think that they maybe had the right market direction for it in terms of you know here in the uk for example it would be placed in somewhere like uh, John Lewis or something and it, and people would wander in and they you know they'd be looking for a camera to go on holiday and it'd be placed in that kind of range you know it wasn't placed for the professional cameras um but it was expensive because it was bloody good and so it just didn't sell very well uh, as far as I'm aware and then of, of course there was the issue with the um factory and the sensors and the earthquake and all of that kind of stuff which you know just effect- effectively brought that project to a complete dead end but subsequently, since then, I think it's had so much 
love and attention that camera. I mean, a secondhand version of if you can get a secondhand version of that camera, it costs you more than the original retail would. Yes, uh, you know they're rare as hen's teeth, and and it's. I think, uh, you know, right now I think things are difficult for everybody in the camera manufacturing world. Fujifilm, you know, Canon, Sony, everybody probably have to make very, very clever strategical decisions to deal with, uh, you know, the, the threats from like mobile phones and all that kind of stuff. So maybe there's just not enough for them to think, yeah, that's something to go for. Um, but I feel like it would be a seller. Um, but it does depend of course what they do with it. You know, it can, it, it could they fit the new sensor in something as small? Would it be much bigger? You know, would they, if they don't have a viewfinder in it, which the the original X70 didn't, would that mean it would be harder to market in certain parts of the world because cameras sell much more differently in Asia than they do in like America and Europe? Um, you know, and so they, they, all of those things are, I'm absolutely sure, being considered and, and they will have come to a particularly, you know, brutal decision that I personally don't think we'll see one. Um, but I would love to be wrong. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I heard that heat was an issue with the new batteries and new sensors and to have it in such a small body, it was a, it was an issue. And yeah, I mean, the X70 had the original, those NP9 or whatever they're called, NP95s, I can't remember, but the little slithery batteries. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there was no no problem with heating those. But yes, if you if you stuck a big old battery in a tiny little uh, camera like that, then yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get heat sink issues. I would have thought, but you know, I'm sure there's other ways. When I saw that internal uh, battery, when I saw the X seventies flip screen um, in, on on the XE four, I think that was the nail in the coffin for me that I don't think there's going to be an X X70 replacement. I think mm. the the XE4 is the spiritual successor. That's as close as you're going to get. Yeah, I think perhaps you're right. Um, I know that there are people, you know, there are people in the in Fujifilm who would like to do that project. Um, but like I said, it's they there's, you know, like wanting to do a project and making something uh, viable is it are two different things yeah so uh, let's go back to the original x100 um that camera that kind of changed a lot of us um what uh j- just tell me you know about that experience uh you know w- when you first had it in your hand when you first had it uh on on uh uh on a wedding um, and compare it to what we have now. Um, you know, what, what, what are the things that, uh, that you love consistently through the, the thing, uh, through the years, what is some of the things that you would still love to see happen to the camera, uh, to the camera system or, or what do you think that they got right over all these years? Uh, well, um, I think there's a couple of things that are, um, you know, if you look at the X100V compared to the original X100, it's hard to, to, to see them as different cameras. You know, there's, there's a whole load of the original X100 that has remained true in the, uh, X100V, for example, all, all of the versions of it. It's great. 
Um, and I think that was the that was the key thing that a lot of people bought into that original X100 because they wanted a retro styled camera that all they had to do was think about the three elements of aperture, shutter speed, and ISO. Um, and you know, it was a simple, almost manual camera. Um, and that's what sold it. And so they've kept that to a certain extent. They've kept it all the way through, which is great. I would not want to see them do anything less than that. Um, it, you know, the sensor on the original X100 um, was different to everything that we've had subsequently. Uh, same was true of the X-Pro1. And the JPEGs out of the camera, I feel, were had a little bit more um, density, a little bit more vibrancy in the original sensor. Now that could well just be the mechanics of doing the software that's needed to produce the JPEGs on a much smaller sensor compared to a larger one as it grows and gets bigger and all, you know, a pen, not physical sensor size, but um, sensor den- uh, density of pixels. Um, so, you know, there, there are elements of the original X100 that I think have, have kind of disappeared that, you know, would be, would be nice to still kind of be able to get that exact same, rendering of the image i think um but ultimately yeah i, I think it's great I, I i i kind of kicked back about the having a flip screen in the x100 i didn't particularly want that um but they went with it and they, they when it, you know when i got my version of the x100v i was like oh they haven't done it you know but i knew they had i was looking at my camera thinking hmm. but they'd done it so well that it was it just appears to not be there this, uh, the flip screen on the X100V. Um, and my concern was that it would be like a flip screen on an XT or an X-Pro where it was quite obvious, you know, there's a little bracket and a hinge and a slidey thing to make it move up and down. Um, and so the, you know, uh, the, the aesthetic of the X100 range is is very, very important to lots of people. And I didn't want that to be, uh, you know, kind of brutalized by this, this lumpy back on the back of it. Um, but they did it amazingly, um, uh, he designed a masterpiece with the X100V. Um, very subtle differences in terms of the look, um, but incredible differences inside. You know, the just that was the first. The X100V was the first time that the, the lens had changed. That f2 lens was uh, had been the same one since the uh, X100, the original Finepix X100, um, the only of the X series that was ever Finepix. Um, and uh, you know, they they kind of. I think the X100V is probably the biggest change from the f to the v is probably the biggest change over any of the iterations subsequent iterate or previous iterations um but i love it you know i've got every single one of those cameras i I still have them and uh you know even if i stop being a photographer tomorrow i'd probably still keep those um just because they're lush (laughs) nice do you often go back to using uh any of the older ones Occasionally, I have to say, I, I've taken over the last week or so. I've, I've started taking pictures of them and sticking them on Instagram, um, uh, and it's, it's incredible. Stick a stick a picture up of a battered up old X100, and you get like two and a half thousand likes. Stick a wedding picture up, and they're like, "Yeah, whatever." <laughs> <Maybe that's> <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is so true. Uh, the X1, uh, the X Pro, th- uh, X Pro Three that we have now versus the X Pro One way back in the day. Yeah. But so how again, do you feel about the changes, uh, the, the evolution of that camera series? Again, uh, same thing with the sensor in terms of the uh, uh, the images are slightly different. But yeah, I mean, the X-Pro now, the, the X-Pro 1 was 
a camera that made me really slow down um, and made me think a lot more about my photography when I was shooting, which was a good thing. That was not a bad thing. It was a good thing. Uh, and I really, really enjoyed using it. I never, ever enjoyed using my DSLRs. I never, I would never pick up my DSLRs between weddings and think I'm going to take pictures of the kids or whatever. I just wouldn't, you know, I just, just wouldn't. But as soon as the, the mirrorless, the Fujifilm stuff came along, that all changed. And that was really important. Um, I think with the X Pro, well, when you look at how the original one was, uh, a little kind of squatter, a little fatter, a little, a little, you know, kind of a little bit lighter, a little bit more bulky in terms of the buttons and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and the new version is, you know, much more sleek and much more refined. Um, but I have to say, you know, I, as we move forward and I don't really like the, um, the shutter buttons, for example, on, uh, the XH1 and, uh, to a certain extent, the X-T4, the X-100S, which I have now as well. I, I don't like the shutter button on that. Um, I, I, I'm very much a, a fan of that kind of retro style, The you know, the retro, the, the, the nice plunk of the button, if you like, the, the, the feel of that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if I have kind of one wish, it's that Fujifilm don't ever kind of forget that they, they you know, they've, and I don't think they will, by the way, they've, they've designed two strands here. They've designed your X-Pro, x100 xe and you've got your xt your xm uh, xh um and gfx all that kind of stuff and they're going off in two different paths essentially and, and as long as they keep give people a choice that's amazing um you know and you you see it you see it all the time on like fuji rumors and things like that people saying why can't we have an x pro 3 with a pasm dial for example um and like but that's the, the reason why they've made these two options for you is so you have choice you can't just pick you know it's like going into an audi dealership and saying i want that audi car but stick bmw wheels on it for me please <laughs> um you know it, it's just not gonna happen so uh, you know they, they they've made so many um options for people that it's great but i do i really do hope that they they keep with that original ethos of uh you know the feel of photography actually feeling doing it which is really really important um certainly to me and i think it is to a lot of people as well and for people who you know want they need it fast and furious and speed and pasm dials and you know a million frames per second and all of that kind of stuff then you know they can go down the other path (laughs) right yeah the screen uh how how do you feel about the screen uh, when the X pro three came out and how do you feel about it now? I didn't like the, um, uh, what do they call it? The little, um, the, the, the little LCD on the back. Um, I didn't like that. And I, I, I don't dislike it now. I just never use it. I just yeah. never, never, ever look at it. Uh, and I have to say that, you know, that, that was always my opinion of that. Um, I don't mind the, uh, the, the hidden LCD, if you like, that you can fold out and put in. I rarely have mine open. Um, and I think that's a good thing. So, you know, the design theory for that camera is, you know, well, let's give people a choice again. Let's, if they want to have the screen open, they can, if they don't, they don't have to. And we'll, we'll you know, with the, the history of photography is littered with photographers who certainly when digital started told people to tape up their LCDs and everything. You don't need that. That makes you a worse photographer. Look through the viewfinder, all that kind of stuff. So effectively Fujifilm, that's what Fujifilm did. They gave you an LCD that you could use it, but it wasn't going to be the easiest thing to use. Um, or you can hide it and never think about it. 
And that's great because that's exactly what the X Pro 2 was, essentially. You didn't, you know, you didn't have that uh, flip out option. So uh, I'm not a fan of the um, uh, the little thing, the little screen. There is a name for it. And I can't it's uh, one of those uh, e ink screens. Yeah, it's got a bright, it's got, a, it's, uh, I don't know. I can't remember. Anyway, it doesn't have a backlight or anything and it's, it's just, not, yeah, uh, not I agree with you there. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I never used that thing any either. It's, um, but I do love the, I do love having a place to put my thumb that, that I can yeah. just kind of spread out that grip like, uh, and have it like a real film camera where you were able to do that on every other camera. I think that comfort is, is sorely missing from digital photography. Yeah. 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 That's true. That's very true. Um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, design is, yeah, I've met the designers and they are some of the most talented people I've ever met. Um, and they, I can tell you, they go to extreme, extreme, uh, levels to, to try and get the cameras right. Um, you know, and, and they don't, sometimes it's not perfect and, uh, they don't do that on purpose. They do that because of other people have said, this is perfect for us. And, and that's why you'll never please everybody all of the time. Just some of the people, some of the time. Yeah. Ain't that the truth? Um, the, XT series from the XT one to the XT four today. Uh, how, how do you feel about that camera's uh, evolution? So the XT I did, um, I did get on board with that with the, uh, I've certainly had every version of it put it that way. I didn't really, I never really used it much. The XT, until the XT3 came along for weddings, I used that because the XT3, I need to try and get my logic right here. So when the XT3 launched, it was the first time that the XT was launched before the X Pro. So previously you had X Pro 1, XT1, X Pro 2, XT2. Yeah. And then suddenly it went XT3, X Pro 3. So I had to get the X-T3 or I wanted to get the X-T3 because there was no X-Pro3 at that time. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so uh, I got that and that worked nicely alongside my X-Pro2, I think. I didn't use it. I had At one point I had three X-Pro2s um, and I would use those predominantly at weddings and then occasionally I would take the X-T3 uh, because of the flip screen and I, you know, I kind of thought, yeah, actually I can get some funky angles with that because I'm reasonably relatively short. I could lift it up on my head and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then when the X pro three came along, I got a couple of them sold off a couple of the XT twos, uh, sorry, the X pro twos. Um, and now, but where, where things changed very dramatically was when the XT four came along, which of course came, you know, pretty quick after the XT three. I think there was only about six months in it. Um, XT4 comes along with uh, in-body image stabilization and, uh, you know, uh, kind of technically it's not a faster sensor. It's exactly the same sensor as the XT3, but, uh, you know, it had more, um, certainly from a filming capability, 
various different bits and pieces that made it more appealing to me as a wedding photographer shooter than the X-Pro3 that I was using. So I rented one, I rented the next T3, and I thought, nah, it's not going to turn my head. You know, I'm not going to do it. It's X-Pro3s all the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I rented one, took it to this church, and it was dark, it was proper dark. I was using the... Uh, I had... Uh, no, the 50 mil F1 came after that. I must have still been using a 56 1.2. Uh, and I was at 1.2 and it was still at like 1 30th of a second. Um, and uh, But the IBIS saved it. You know, the IBIS really made a difference. And then it, I, I whacked on the 18 mil, the new 18 mil uh, lens. Uh, and that with the IBIS and shooting and just running. It was like I was like a kid in a candy shop. It was wonderful. <laughs> I had my eyes wide open. This machine was, uh, you know, I just stick it on P mode as well because I, I'm not interested in worrying, you know, when the light's right, I'm not interested in worrying about what the camera's, you know, thinking about that. I'm just interested in seeing stuff. I want to, you know, that's the, that's what I enjoy. So I'm, I'm running around all over the place with this 18 mil XT4. Um, and it, and it, uh, the, the, the results were amazing because it was just so sharp. And so, uh, you know, uh, you know, just everything was just better. So 18 mil, I kept, I bought that, uh, that was on loan. I bought that, I bought the X-T4. Um, I still, so now I shoot, effectively I shoot X-T4, X-Pro3, uh, 18 mil, um, the new 18 mil on the X-T4, and uh, either the 33 mil um, on the X-Pro or 56 mil on the X-Pro, depending on the, the wedding, but that's, that's, that's it, yeah. Right on. Did you ever get into the XH uh, system? No, I um, I did. Again, I, I had one for testing. I did a YouTube video about it. I didn't like it, um, you know, and I, I I was quite open about the fact that I didn't like it. But I appreciated certainly what they were doing. Uh, it was another strand, of course, and, and and at that time it would it was great for videographers and everything. Uh, I have to say though, I'm quite excited to see what you know what's coming with the XH two. Um, or whatever they're going to call it, because uh, if, you know if the rumors are right, that looks like it's going to be a pretty impressive camera. But I don't think I'll ever like the the styling of it. Um, uh, you know, it go if it's the same as the XH one, um, and it's the same as the XT three. I don't and the XT four. I don't enjoy I don't enjoy using those cameras like I enjoy using the X Pro and the X one hundred. Yeah, you know, I just don't don't get that same feeling about it. Um, and certainly that was the case with the X-H1. I have no idea. It, you know, if the rumor mill is correct, the X-H2, I think, is going to make a lot of those those people that have been flip-flopping over to Swan, um, flip-flopping over <laughs> to Sony and uh, all that kind of stuff, maybe think about flip-flopping again. Um, you know, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see what happens. And then lastly, let's jump into the GFX system. I'm going to lump them all in together. Uh, the evolution from the the very first medium format that, that Fujifilm produced to to today, where it really feels like we're working to the point, kind of like the original X series, where we had a, a brand new system that was struggling to. Um, well, I don't know. Struggling is the right word, but it, it was eager to compete against full frame, and now uh, it, it's doing amazing capabilities that that even rival full frame. Uh, do you 
see the same with the GFX system where it's kind of following that same trajectory where, you know, here we have something that was traditionally way out of the price league that, that, that we're looking to do more and more with because now we can do video with it. We can, you know, we're using the GFX system in ways that you could never use like a, something like a phase one or a Hasselblad. Hmm. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I have a GFX 100S, which I use for my studio work um, and my commercial work. And it is absolutely phenomenal. It it is incredible. Um, You know, it's the GFX 100S is quicker than the 50, the original 50R, but it's still not quick, quick. You know, you're not going to be running around doing documentary weddings with it. Yes, you'll be able to do editorial and uh uh, kind of fashion photography with it but but you won't be doing kind of candid wedding snaps with a gfx right now but as you said potentially in the future the only thing about it is that because it is a medium format or you know near as damn it a medium format size sensor uh the the, the laws of physics means it can't will not physically be a smaller thing can't be you know that 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 sensor is the size it is which means the cameras will always be big um yes. and you know one of the reasons why i well in fact the primary reason why i originally opted for that x100 was because it was small and i wanted a smaller camera at weddings uh rather than a bigger one um so and you know there, there's a there's a kind of um uh paradox thing going on here isn't it you know a lot of people moved to fujifilm because they were small and dinky and retro and now suddenly they have this amazing futuristic big heavy but incredibly gifted camera um and of course you know but it's completely different people but but it's know. relative because yeah. if you compare it to uh if you compare the gfx to say the canon system Mm-hmm. weight wise it's pretty pretty close yeah yeah i guess so um you know it goes back to that you know the xtx pro thing it's giving people options isn't it and yeah. i think that that has to be applauded um but i suppose the the you know the the crux of it is let's just say you could get xt4 performance in a gfx 100s body would i be shooting weddings with it probably not just because it's too heavy, too big, and that's the original reason why I moved away from DSLRs in the first place. Um, but who knows what the future will bring? You know, we just don't know in terms of sensors. Somebody might, I don't know, if they keep talking about organic sensors and things like that, which I don't think anybody ever knows what that means. I think it might even be an urban myth that, that Damien Lovegrove started years ago. <laughs> Everybody's like, we're waiting for the organic sensor. What's an organic sensor? Don't know. <laughs> You know, I think at this point, when looking at some of the the, the YouTube channels and, and reading comments and a lot of the rumor sites, I don't. <laughs> some of the things that people ask for are like just just ridiculous. Um, having for for example, the the need for. Uh, a camera that doesn't have any video capability. They, they seem mm-hmm. to think that that will make it cheaper. Yeah. Which it won't. And, you know, and the thing is it's, they, yeah, fair enough. They might not know that. Right. It, it might, it might make more sense for them to think, what if it's got something missing? 
surely it'll be cheaper but it but it won't be you know and 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 also that you write about these you know the kind of the stuff you read especially on the rumor sites and everything where the the comments i'm on about not necessarily the content where you know you just want to shout at people and just think do you think that they have done this on purpose to annoy you just specifically you you know they've sat around this desk in tokyo and gone there's there's a bloke called philip in montana we're going to do this just to annoy him (laughs) you know it's like these super angry people um they don't you know there's a lot of people that they have to try and pacify and and deal with and and so they they do their absolute best and that's true of future films sony canon and apple microsoft they're you know that none of them are doing things to uh you know to to annoy you or or, or leaving things out because they you know it's an obvious thing if it's an obvious thing and it's av- and it's capable of the, the the software computer camera whatever is capable of doing it they would do it and that it doesn't break their marketing modules you know they they have to they think they will be thinking two or three or four iterations ahead of yeah maybe we've got a bit of technology that's ready now but if we keep it and we got it ready in two cameras time that's going to keep our camera system alive for a couple more that's not mercenary that's business that's how business works uh you know and you do see a lot of people who are like why can't we have that xt4 sensor in an xe3 because it's just not business yeah (laughs) you know it's not business and that's that's the difference and you know that's that's how it works why can't we just take the the the, everything and just make it smaller and make it slimmer and and make it lighter How, how come that can't happen (laughs) <laughs> go to the gym that's what you gotta do make it smaller slimmer and lighter go to pull some weights <laughs> um personally i think if, if anything i think the television and the, the television manufacturing industry is ruining cameras uh only because the the screen resolutions that we're able to make you know the the televisions you know we're mm. making you know 8k televisions and everything the fact that cameras have to keep up with that now and, and the the sensors that are needing to keep up with that are you know reaching that threshold uh, the laws of physics where you know fans are needed and cooling systems and yeah um it's, it's, it's just crazy um yeah i mean the the march of technology is quite phenomenal isn't it just bashing up against one another. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And still none of them will do the natural. Like, you, it, it just drives me nuts that you have, like, cameras, three by two, frames, 16 by nine, apertures of, of uh, photo frames, six by four. Uh, you know, cinema screens are 19 by whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like your mobile phone is 23 by eight or, you know, I'm like, can you not all just... A, just use USB-C, and B, just have the same ratio. That would make my life very much better. Thank you very much. God, amen to that with the U- USB-C. Uh, that's, yeah. That can't come fast enough if it comes no, at all. No, that should be law. It should be law <laughs> that all, everybody has to use USB-C. Yeah, same the world would be a better place just for that. Waste would be a, saved a lot of waste, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Although my kids will find a way to screw it up. I've yeah. gone through so many cables, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but Kevin, it's been amazing chatting with you. Um, I, I um, yeah, I, it's been wonderful having you as uh, the the Fuji role model 
kind of uh, the, the the inspiration for those uh, in the very beginning to uh, tra- move into a system. I know for me personally, you were like the gold standard for me transitioning from Canon to Fujifilm, where it was a very difficult process for me uh, because I was so used to one autofocus system moving mm-hmm. to the other autofocus system took a lot of getting used to. Uh, mm-hmm. But your work uh, was showing me that th- this is, this is possible. And, uh, and, and that's, that's what drove me to really change up my photography so that I could fit a system that felt good in my hands and, and, and the, the quality was just so much better. Uh, it made, it really helped me. Uh, and I'm sure others will say the same thing that your influence, your, your, um, just your presence and using the gear was, was enough to, uh, help them shape, make their, you know, make the decision to go Fuji. And, uh, so for, for all those years, of uh, being a brand ambassador, thank you so much, and uh, and and you know everybody should continue to listen uh, <laughs> to, to your uh, to your YouTube channel, your FujiCast. Uh, you and Neil do such an amazing job uh, w- with with the show, uh, even though it's once a month now. Yeah, uh, we'll, you know it's it's the the quality has not suffered at all. You guys are awesome. You guys are funny. And, uh, you know, I, I'm always waiting for the next episode. I'm funnier than him though. Of course. No, no, <laughs> you're more talented and better looking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Thank you. I'll send you the five times in the post. Right on. <laughs> uh, no worries, Mark. It's been fun. Been a pleasure. Um, and yeah, nothing, nothing really will change in my world. I'll still be using Fujifilm. I'll still be putting the content out. Um, and I'll still be a miserable person on the end of a podcast somewhere in the world. <laughs> I do think that on April Fools, you should uh, change the Fuji, Fuji cast to the, 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 the like a cast or something like that, just to really <laughs> mess with people. Yeah, no, that's a good idea, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eight, we've got 10 months to wait or something for that, and we'll see what we do. Yeah. There you go. Planning stages. Right on. Thank you so much. Right. No worries, Mark. Take care. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show, and I hope to see you back next week. I wanted to also mention one more time that this is brought to you by Fujilove Magazine. For the latest and greatest in all things Fujifilm X-Series and GFX, head on over to fujilove.com. Subscribe today. And my name is Mark Sadowski. You can find me on Instagram or Twitter. Mostly Instagram, though. I'm at Mark Sadowski. That's Mark with a C. And you can also check out my other podcast, Xmark. It's a Fujifilm-esque kind of show, where it's more spice of life and pretty infrequent. But if you want more of my voice, that's the place to check it out. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon.